Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see, it's 31 March, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Uh, listen, I'd like to, before getting started into this, I'd like to send a hello to Harry and Ivy Collinson and their grandson, Michael, who are in the UK. They uh, love Israel. They have regular meetings to pray for Israel each week, and they attend online, and uh, I'd just like to say hi to them. So there you go. And let's see, our first category, as always, is Israel from Mail Online. Trump signs proclamation recognizing Israel's sovereign right over the Golan. Everybody should know that. I just wanted, in case somebody didn't follow through with that, we talked about it last week. He was going to do it. He did do it. And that'll be the subject of most of what we're going to talk about here. From Arts Shiva, Russia says, U.S. Golan move will lead to new tensions. Places as tense as it's going to be. Nothing's going to change there. So Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov told U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that the U.S. decision leads to a gross violation of international law, which is not true, blocks the resolution of the Syrian crisis, and aggravates the situation in the Middle East, according to his ministry. Ma'am, can I help you? That's my wife coming in late again. From uh, Reuters... Honduran president calls Jerusalem Israeli capital. Not moving embassy yet, but he has recognized Jerusalem as the Israeli capital. Honduran president Juan Orlando Hernandez called Jerusalem Israel's capital, saying the Central American country would open a trade office there, but he stopped short of announcing plans to move his embassy from Tel Aviv. Hernandez has, in recent months, signaled that his government is mulling, moving the Honduran embassy to Jerusalem, and made his comments on the Holy City during his appearance at the conference on U.S.-Israeli relations in Washington. Now, having said that, he may be a little bit upset this morning because Trump says he is going to cut the funding to Honduras and uh, Ecuador and one other country because they're sending their people up here, but that may change because of that, but I would hope that's not the case. And one more thing, you know what, before I go on, I usually announce this before uh, the uh, Prophecy Update, but I'm a little distracted without Jim opening us today, is that we have some visitors. We've got Gloria and Kathy who are here in Sarasota that are visiting today, so please make sure you say hi to them. And then we also have Paul and Debbie who showed up in the church today all the way from Toledo, Ohio. They just got here yesterday, and uh, it's a real pleasure having you all here, so thank you for making the effort, okay? And let's see here. We have um, next articles from the Jerusalem Post. Romania at APAC, which is they're having their annual APAC uh, meeting up in Washington this past week. We will move our embassy to Jerusalem. I, as Prime Minister of Romania and the government I lead, will move our embassy to Jerusalem. Our support of the State of Israel and the Jewish community is constant. I am determined to contribute to closer relationships between Israel and the entire EU, particularly now when Romania is holding the presidency of the Council of the EU. She promised that Romania would remain the same loyal friend and the strongest European voice in support of the Jewish people and the State of Israel, concluding with the words, Shalom, Chevarayim, peace, friends, see you in Jerusalem. So, from the Times of Israel, on the 40th anniversary, what happened? What did we have a 40th anniversary of this past week? 
Egypt-Israel peace treaty endures in troubled region. The U.S. mediated. This is important because, as we've seen a million times, Egypt is not listed in the nations of Ezekiel 38 coming against Israel. Okay, this peace deal was brokered by uh, our previous president and uh, what's his name, Carter, and he got that through, and it set up the stage for the end times as far as Egypt is concerned. And Egypt has made this agreement. They've held on to it. They have not uh, uh, broken it. So it says here, the U.S.-mediated 1979 treaty between Egypt and Israel may only have resulted in a cold peace, but their ties have survived four decades in a turbulent region, analysts say. It's amazing. As turbulent it is over there, it's amazing it has. The Watershed Treaty brought together late Egyptian President Anwar Sadat and Israeli Premier Menachem Begin for a March 26, 1979 signing ceremony in Washington as a beaming Jimmy Carter. He was all teeth when he was in his photo there. Uh, then U.S. President looked on. The peace deal, the first ever between Israel and an Arab state, and which cost Sadat his life at the hands of an Islamist extremist, has kept Cairo out of any armed conflict with its neighbor. The treaty has emerged unscathed, from upheavals in Egypt, notably the 2011 revolution that toppled longtime ruler Hosni Mubarak, proving its stability. And I'd like to add in right there before we go on that that was initiated by our previous president who worked to get the Arab Spring, get the Muslim Brotherhood into Egypt, and to have this end. And it didn't end. And so uh, despite his efforts to destroy these things, this, is, this peace has prevailed, and it continues on. The 40th anniversary comes as armed conflicts royal several countries across the Arab world, from Libya in the far west to Yemen in the south. It also comes at a time of major U.S. policy changes. In 2017, President Trump's admin recognized the disputed city of Jerusalem as Israel's capital, causing uproar in the Muslim world. He followed with the recognition of Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Israel seized many... Palestinian East Jerusalem, Syria's Golan, and Egypt's Sinai Peninsula in the 1967 Six-Day War, when it also conquered the West Bank and Gaza. But under the 1979 peace treaty, Israel returned the Sinai to their former enemy, Egypt. And so this has continued on. It's stayed strong, and uh, it's good news for Egypt. I wouldn't say it's good news for Israel, as I cited from Isaiah a week or so ago, that they're trusting in the wrong hope going down to Egypt for false security when they should be trusting in the Lord. But at the same time, this is good news for Egypt because they are not going to get entirely demolished when these countries come against Israel. From the Times of Israel, snapping more selfies. Man, this is coming in just four more days now. Snapping more selfies. Bereshit makes last pass around the earth before moon try. The uh, spaceship they sent up from Israel. Actually, it was an Israeli spaceship that went up with somebody else, but it's out there now. It's making several trips around the Earth to gain up speed so it can get over to the moon. It's on its way to the moon. It's supposed to arrive on 4 April. Israeli's Bereshit spacecraft selfie camera is continuing to click away as the satellite performs its largest elliptical orbit around the Earth ahead of a planned moon landing on April 11th. I said the 4th, it's the 11th. On Sunday, engineers with Space IL and Israel Space Industries released a number of photos from Bereshit's camera, including a selfie with the Earth from 265,000 kilometers above the planet's surface and a video of the sunrise in space. 
The four-legged Bereshit, about the size of a small car, is circling the Earth in increasingly larger elliptical loops until it maneuvers into the moon's orbit. It is currently on the last loop around the Earth, which will take until April 4th. That's what I was thinking of, was April 4th. Touchdown is planned for April 11th at the Sea of Serenity. If they uh, get this, if they actually land it and do as uh, they have planned, they will win a very large, it's like a million dollar prize for having been the first to do this. So we'll see where it goes. Times of Israel, UN envoys warns of catastrophe if Gaza violence resumes. Okay. You know what? If you want to know the fallacy of that, type, go to Wikipedia and type in list of ongoing armed conflicts in the world. And there are a bunch of them. And the number of people that have been killed during this conflict is very small, and it has all been the aggressors against Israel. It is not as the news media depicts. And so the question is, the UN is worried about this. Why such a huge focus? You take the numbers that have died in Syria and in Yemen in the past few years and compare them to what's going on in Israel, it means nothing. I mean, you're talking like one to 10,000 numbers. It is astonishing. But the UN is focused on one little slice of land in the entire planet because it is God's land. There you go. He's got his people back in the land for his purposes, and they're going to uh, suffer in their own way because of it. But in the end, they will be refined through it, and he will return to them. Haaretz, Friedman hints Trump's peace deal will include Israeli security control over the West Bank. U.S. envoy urges an APAC address. Can we leave this to an administration that may not understand the need for Israel to maintain overriding security control of, here it goes, Judea and Samaria. Usually they call it the West Bank, but he used the biblical terms, Judea and Samaria, which it is, which is another indication, like Pompeo going with Netanyahu to the Western Wall last week, this is another indication that we are fully behind Israel and what they're doing. Now, whether this peace deal gets uh, accepted or not, which it won't because Trump isn't the Antichrist, it is a step in that direction. From the Times of Israel, U.S. says Golan recognition doesn't apply to other cases. President Trump said that we're recognizing the Golan belongs to Israel, and people are saying, well, now you've set a precedent. No, and I've said this all along, and he must have been watching the prophecy updates because exactly what I've been saying is what he will say later on in this article. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo defended Washington's recognition of Israel's claim to the Golan Heights, but called it an incredibly unique situation. Does anybody remember what I said about that unique situation? Modify it. Well, you can't do that, but there's a reason why it's, it's unique. It's something that only happens when you have a war and the aggressor loses the land. Remember that? They, lost the, they weren't the aggressor in this war. And the reason, I'll, I'll read it and you'll get the picture of what's going on here. Um, it doesn't apply. It uh, doesn't set a precedent for other areas or conflicts. At a press briefing, Pompeo was asked by a reporter whether President Trump's recognition of Israeli sovereignty on the Golan Monday sets a precedent that powerful countries can actually overtake land over international law. The answer is absolutely not. Pompeo replied, this is an incredibly unique situation. Israel was fighting, here it is, a defensive battle to save its nation when it conquered the plateau in 1967. And it cannot be the case that a UN resolution is a suicide pact. International law prohibits the annexation of territories captured in war 
except in cases of mutual agreements. The law was designed to keep nations, here it is, from launching wars to grab land. In other words, if we said we're going to launch war against Mexico to grab land, then that's not legally binding according to international law. But if Mexico comes against us and we go down there and we conquer it, we take over Tijuana, then it would be our land because we have legally won that in a battle. Okay, it goes on. Um, analysts have expressed fears that Trump's recognition could open the way for recognition of other territories captured in war, including Russia's recent takeover of the Crimea. Prime Minister Netanyahu has claimed that land taken in wars of self-defense can be annexed, which we have precedents all the way throughout human history of this. In the wake of the White House event where Trump signed the Golan Proclamation, he said the U.S. recognition underlines one important principle in international relations. When you start wars of aggression and lose territory, don't come back and claim it later. It belongs to us. A senior Israeli official told reporters that Trump's move could lay the groundwork for claims to other lands captured by Israel in the 19. 19- 67 six-day war in which Israel preempted a planned attack by Arab nations. That territory includes East Jerusalem, which Israel annexed, and the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, which it did not. Everyone says it is impossible to hold an occupied territory, and behold, it is possible if it is ours in a defensive war. Absolutely right. Christian news today. Uh, Before I get into our first article, I want to let people that know online that watch the prophecy update that you know there's something that is a very bad teaching out there it's called hyper dispensationalism it's something that is incorrect it's something i talked about on thursday's bible study i get all kinds of emails about this and i've you know i get belittled by people over it constantly okay when they disagree with you so if you want to know the truth of hyper dispensationalism and ultra dispensationalism i would recommend that you watch that video it's entitled something like when the church began hyper dispensationalism why it's wrong anyway just go to the superior word youtube channel it should be the first or second video up there or go to the playlists holiday and other sermons and it is there and the reason why i did that is because i get tired of answering the same questions again and again and again and again and so instead of doing that I have got this video, and if somebody wants to argue with me in the future, I'm just going to simply send them the link and be done with it, because it is very poor handling of Scripture. It is extremely poor, okay? So I would encourage you to watch that and to get a little bit of doctrine and to not just watch Prophecy Updates. The Bible actually has meaning. Everything that we've been going through in the books of Moses for the past eight years, everything points to Christ the Lord. Okay, that's one of the fallacies of hyper-dispensationalism is they take some of the things and they say it doesn't apply to it. Please watch that. I know that it will edify you if you're willing to listen. All right, from Christian Times, China tells Christianity to be more Chinese. Okay, we've been talking about this. It's been going on and it continues to go on. So um, what what I'm going to do here is I'm not going to cite the whole article, just parts of it. And these comments are from a missionary that we have contact with in China. I'm not going to give his name or any other information because things are changing there and we're not here to get him in trouble. But Xu Shou Hong, chairman of the National Committee of the Three Self-Patriot Movement, which oversees Protestant Christianity in China, spoke on his support for the policy and vowed to press on with its own five-year sanitization plan. 
The name of this committee itself reflects a Senate. It's a very hard word for me to pronounce. Anyway, Senatization. I know that's not right, but go with it. Okay, with their attempt. Churches in the new China were to rid themselves of foreign influence and be self-funding, self-propagating, and self-governing. Registered churches are still today referred to as the three self-churches. The conflict within the Protestant church in China, this is my friend's comments, is between the three self-churches who follow the government line and the home churches that see the three self-churches as traitors to Jesus because they obey the state first. The foreigner has to dance gracefully between the two to get things done. Paragraph 8 refers to a speech given by Xi Jinping that may have prompted the university I was working at to let three foreign teachers go and not be replaced. More from the article now. Still, the trends are worrying, and there's evidence that some local officials are translating the rhetoric into reality. This accounts for recent reports of directives to remove crosses from churches, hang pictures of Z and Mao in sanctuaries, and replace posters of the Ten Commandments with lists of socialist values. Some instances may be the result of a local official trying to make a name for himself, but these moves could also represent the central government's efforts to test measures before implementing them more widely. More comments from my friend. These are the people who recently have been visiting the three self-church I used to attend. The cross has been removed. The church cleaned of all inappropriate materials, meaning anything to do with Jesus. Surveillance cameras are installed and so on. And then paragraph nine, while religious activities are seen as a normal part of civil society in the West, they are increasingly viewed in China as a threat to national stability, particularly if there is any foreign involvement. Bad times are going on for the Christians, the faithful Christians in China, and it is only going to get worse. From the Washington Examiner, Vatican deal lets communists control leadership of Chinese church. This is something I spoke about before. Here we're going through it again. It's been initiated, and this is just an update on that. Communist Party officials can exert some measure of control over the Catholic Church in China after making a deal with the Vatican on the appointment of bishops. It's control of it through the leadership, said Sam Brownback, the Trump admin's special envoy for international religious liberty. Neither the church nor China has released details, but under the Vatican deal, Beijing will reportedly provide a list of candidates from which Pope Francis can choose bishops. That list will contain, Brownback predicted in a speech in Hong Kong, only individuals whom the party deems loyal to its interests. Brownback, a practicing Roman Catholic, warned that the arrangement will advance the regime's war on faith throughout the country. The first group that raised it to me were the Tibetan Buddhists. It wasn't the Catholic officials. They're saying, gosh, if they can intrude there, what are they going to try to do when picking the next Dalai Lama? That's a blunt suggestion that Vatican negotiators undermined religious freedom when they reached a provisional agreement they hope will resolve a dispute that goes back to the 1949 communist revolution. A religious group should be allowed to pick its own leader's period. And now you have the Chinese government inserting itself in this. France's team signed the agreement in September in the midst of Chinese President Xi Jinping's campaign to sinicize religion under communist rule. So the Vatican 
caved on this. They're allowing the Chinese to pick the leaders in the church. And where the leaders go, the church follows. We see it all the time. Hence, we have Mormons that followed a man that was literally insane out to Utah. And they have this, you know, aberrant offshoot of Christianity out there. And those people are suffering through it. Any cult in the world, you get a charismatic leader that people follow and they don't follow the word of God, this is what's going to happen. And now we have a government. Instead of following even a charismatic leader, they're just following somebody that doesn't even believe anything. From Breitbart, 12 French churches attacked, vandalized in one week. Now we heard all about the New Zealand shooting, but have you heard anything about this on regular news? 12 French churches attacked, vandalized in one week. A dozen Catholic churches have been desecrated across France over the period of one week in an egregious case of anti-Christian vandalism. Reports indicate that 80% of the desecration of places of worship in France concerns Christian churches. And in the year 2018, this meant the profanation of an average of two Christian churches per day in France, even though these actions rarely make the headlines. In 2018, the Ministry of the Interior recorded 541 anti-Semitic events, 100 anti-Muslim acts, and 1,063 anti-Christian acts. And all you ever hear about is the second of the category, or maybe the, the Jewish, but you never hear about the Christians. So there you go. From Islam Today, from AP, Jordan King cancels Romania trip over Jerusalem declaration. Jordan's King Abdullah has canceled a visit to Romania to protest its PM's support for recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Abdullah was scheduled to visit Romania later in the day. On Sunday, Romanian Prime Minister Dan Silla told a conference in Washington that her country was moving its embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. However, Romanian President Klaus Ioannis, a rival who's in charge of the East European nation's foreign policy, said the PM hadn't consulted with him over the decision. So I'm glad she just stood up and did it on her own. Good job. Okay, from Haaretz. Damascus calls U.S. Golan decision an attack on Syrian sovereignty. Well, it can't be because it was won in war. Syria called the U.S. decision to recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights a blatant attack on its sovereignty and territorial integrity, saying it had a right to reclaim the territory. Go ahead and try. The liberation of the Golan by all available means and its return to the Syrian motherland is an inalienable right. Syria's foreign minister said the decision makes the U.S. the main enemy of the Arabs. The statement said nothing could change the eternal historical fact that the Golan was and will remain Syrian Arab. Nope. Sorry about that, guys. All right. And uh, now I've got something on the New Zealand shooting. Okay. This is simply comments from a person that lives in that area, has family in that area. He's actually on the Gold Coast of Australia. But his name is Anthony, and he said, I could read this. So this is to give you a perspective of what's going on from over there. Today in New Zealand, and this is about a week and a half old, okay? So you remember what occurred there. Today in New Zealand, to commemorate one week after the terrible shooting incident, at the request of the New Zealand Prime Minister, the Islamic call to prayer was broadcast over the national TV and radio, which was then also consequently broadcast all over the world as part of the call to a two-minute silence to remember the victims and a call to peace. Now, if you remember, with Usama Dokdok's visit here, every time he's here, he says when they begin their prayers what is the first thing they do in the name of Allah the only he's the one and only God 
okay? And then the prayer is that anybody that is not a Muslim is to be subdued and to be brought under Islam, okay? You remember he said that. And so when they give this prayer, whether it's in the United States of America or New Zealand or anywhere else, that's the first thing they hear. And everybody sits there and shakes their head and says, yes, yes, yes. And it's asking to be subdued by Islam, which is what Islam means. It means submission. So anyway, these people have no idea what they're doing there. While I do believe that there needs to be a community approach to condemning terrorism in any form, I believe this turns from community solidarity and discussion and is more like submission or proselytizing of Islam, which is exactly what it is. We have a few voices to combat this thinking. One pastor in New Zealand that went public against the decision to transmit the call was vilified in the press. We see that here as well. In Australia, anyone with a conservative voice is being shut down in tirades of abuse from being accused of pulling the triggers themselves to general racism and Islamophobia. Even peaceful discussion is being shut down. It is really quite shocking the level of propaganda being spread in the media. In this whole saga, you can really see what the Bible means when Paul says in Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. A demon-possessed man shoots people in a place of worship of a false religion, and the general media, that is, at best spiritually blind and at worst Luciferian-controlled, spreads what it wants about the tragedy, while ignoring hundreds of incidences against many thousands of Christians and attacking anyone with an alternate moderate view. Then, spiritually blind leaders and the people that control them think they have the authority to do this. I feel saddened for the nation of New Zealand, both that they had this tragedy, but also that their representatives have reacted in this way instead of turning to the true and living God and Jesus Christ, his son. My wife's family live in Christ Church. I am praying for them. I am praying for God's mercy on the nation for this act. You know, you think of it. What's the nation's capital of New Zealand? Christ Church. I mean, it's a Christian nation, just like all of them were, and now they're throwing away their heritage. From the Free Beacon, Omar holding secret fundraisers with Islamic groups tied to terror. This is that new Muslim up there in the White House or in the Congress. Democrat freshman Ilan Omar has been holding a series of secret fundraisers with groups that have been tied to the support of terrorism. Appearances that have been closed to the press and hidden from public view. The content of these speeches given to predominantly Muslim audiences remains unknown prompting some of Omar's critics to express concern about the type of rhetoric she is using before these paying audiences, especially in light of the lawmakers' repeated use of anti-Semitic tropes in public. And then from Weasel Zippers, Omar tells Muslims at one of these conferences, the Kair Conference, it's time to raise hell and make people uncomfortable in America. And my thought is they already do. Yeah. That's, doesn't she remember 9-11? We went through that. We've had the Boston bomber. We've had people exploded around this country. And she's saying this publicly. She's saying that they need to do this. They ought to take her out of Congress right away. They ought to just get rid of her. Oh, well, from Mongolia News today. Inkstone News. Mongolia's own Anthony Bourdain brings Mongolia food to the world. On March 7th, a package arrived at, and I cannot pronounce his name, it's like this long, his office in Ulaanbaatar. Inside was a congratulatory plaque from YouTube. His channel, Art Gur, has surpassed the 100,000 subscriber mark. 
The milestone is a commendable achievement for any new media platform, but for a channel dedicated to sharing the relatively unknown culture of Mongolia, it was a triumph. Yet it was perhaps not a surprise considering Artger's flagship program, Nargi's Mongolian Cuisine, is one of the most engaging yet bizarre food shows on any medium, anywhere. In each episode, Narji travels to a region of Mongolia, meets someone who is known for being a good cook, then watches them prepare a local specialty, which I will not describe them, some of them were pretty gross, shares a table with the family and eats with relish. The cooking is done over a stove in a gur, the traditional nomadic tent that many Mongolians use as homes or hot rocks under the unending blue skies of the country's rolling grassland. So if you want to see how they cook and what they eat in Mongolia, go to Art Gur on YouTube and check it out. From Daniel 12 Technology Today, this is entitled IC, and that's a pun, E-Y-E-I-C, mail online. Is it the end of glaucoma? How the world's tiniest implant, which you cannot see with the naked eye, can stop you going blind. The eye stent is a hollow tube 10 times smaller than a grain of rice. A surgeon has to use a high-powered microscope to place it in position. The tube drains off harmful fluid accumulating on the eyeball, causing damage. Amazingly, the life-changing treatment takes only 30 minutes to complete. Pretty cool. From the Washington Post, smart glasses that don't look dumb. Focals by North. One reason for the Google Glass failure to ignite a consumer tech revolution in face computers is that it looked so goofy. A Canadian startup called North is ready to try again with glasses you'd hardly know are smart. Focals have a tiny projector embedded in the frame that overlays an image in one part of the right lens. It's just like what you saw if you watched the old uh, Mission Impossible, the one where um, Tom Cruise is on the train and they're going through the and he's got these glasses and it's a, it, they look that good. It, you can't tell that they're you know these Google goofy things. The person wearing it can see notifications, messages, directions, and other information and can summon Amazon Alexa by voice. In other words, maybe it'll tell you. You can also control what you see in the glasses by using a ring with a buttons called a loop. The tricky part, the glasses have to fit your face just right for you to be able to see the projection. So Focals has opened stores in New York City and Toronto to measure customers' heads. What it is, is it's got this thing here. Yeah, it's got a camera that looks out, but it's also got a projector right here that flashes onto the glass on the inside. So you're actually reading your emails and you're doing all that with one eye while the other eye you're looking at the world around you. Does not interest me in the slightest, but it's still very cool that somebody could be standing there acting really smart with you, you know, and they're accessing Wikipedia or something and telling you, oh, yeah, I, whatever. We're, the world is changing, and it's changing very quickly. From Revelation Plagues today, from the Christian Post, after devastating cyclone, this broke my heart when I read this title. I'm only going to read you the title. After devastating cyclone, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and Malawi look to God. And the first thing I thought when I read that was 9-11. I was just a brand new Christian at the time. I'd only known the Lord for a short time. And I was at, unfortunately, a Methodist church. I didn't know better at the time. But um, I was at the church. And, you know, it was a, probably a 400-person sanctuary. And there were usually 80 people a day there. And right after, the weekend after 9-11, that church was literally full. People turned to God at all the wrong time. 
You turn to him before these things happen. You have Christ in your life now. You have the peace of God in your heart now. And when these things happen, you can say, Lord, I may not like what has happened. I may not appreciate what's been done to this nation or to those people over there, but at least I understand that you are in control. Because when people go into a church, they're looking for answers. And of course, a few minutes later, the church was back down to its regular 80 people because the man did not preach the gospel of Christ. He didn't teach the word of God. Whereas they did a study several years after 9-11 in New York City. And they asked all of the churches that they went to, tell us about the effects of 9-11. And they all said the same thing. Our church grew hugely. And then it went back down to the same numbers with one exception evangelical churches that preach from the word of God. They all got new members and they all stayed at their higher levels. Why? Because the word of God has power. All right, we'll go on. CBS Philly. Invasion of tiny poisonous toads pose danger to children, pets. Thousands of poisonous toads have seemingly come out of nowhere to overrun a community in Florida, posing a potential danger to children and pets. They started appearing last week, which is a week ago now, in a neighborhood in Palm Beach Gardens and now seem to be everywhere, swarming swimming pools, sidewalks, in the street. I just see a massive amount of toads or frogs everywhere. You can't even walk through the grass without stepping on one. They're covering people's driveways. Toadbusters, a toad removal company, said the pests are cane toads, also known as bufo toads, which secrete a toxic milky substance. With the warmer winter, and then we had a rain two to three weeks ago, a torrential rain that caused them to go into a breeding cycle. They're not safe for pets or children. If a pet was to ingest too many of them, uh, even at that small size, it would cause a problem. The problem may not go away anytime soon. There will be another influx like this in 22 days when the next batch hatches, and this is in every community in Florida. This is especially so on the Florida Gulf Coast in and around the area of Sarasota, Florida, where a massive invasion is anticipated. The last sentence was a lie. It is all over Florida, but I just, I, I could see you turning white back there. Uh, uh, if Linda was here, she would have gotten up and ran away or something. I don't know what she would have done. Mail online. Let's see here. Cannabis-related ER visits tripled in Colorado after legalization. What did they expect? What do you expect, folks? About 3,300 patients visited the ER at UC Health University of Colorado Hospital related to marijuana in 2012, and nearly 10,000 did in 2016. The most common reasons were gastrointestinal symptoms, intoxication, and acute psychiatric symptoms. ER visits related to edible marijuana were around 11% between 2014 and 2016. Researchers say their findings suggest edible cannabis products may be more toxic than marijuana that is smoked or vaped. So there you go. What did they expect? You know, I mean, right there in the last book of the Bible, it talks about the pharmakia which is speaking of these type of things, hallucinogenics and drugs, and people take them. You want to get away from reality? You want to get your mind on something positive? Read your Bible. You don't have to think about the world around you. You've got Jesus right in front of you from the first page of this book to the very last page. You can be grounded in your faith. You can have an assurance of salvation all because of Jesus Christ. And instead, you're going to spend your life drinking and, and smoking and, I mean, pot you know, or whatever you're doing, that uh, sex, anything that you put ahead of God is an idol. All of these things are. 
Anyway, morality today from the Christian News. At least three UK children taken last year because of parents' objections to gender transitioning. This is over in the UK. At least three children were taken into care last year because their mothers and fathers objected to them changing their gender. The cases raise fears that parents are powerless to act if they think their child is making a wrong decision. Social workers at one council say they placed two children in foster homes over the rouse. Another said it had done the same with less than five children. It refused to say how many. So they're taking children away. If you simply tell your child, this isn't productive, this isn't healthy, you were a boy and you need to grow up as a boy, they're going to take your child away and soon you'll be imprisoned. Mark my words. From Christian Headlines, Nevada Senate Committee approves physician-assisted suicide bill. This is only in the Senate, but we'll see where it goes. SB 165, filed by Senator David Parks of Las Vegas, he's a Democrat, would allow terminally ill patients to request a lethal prescription from their doctor in order to hasten their death, cheapening human life once again. The legislation defines a terminal illness as an incurable and irreversible condition that cannot be cured or modified by any known current medical therapy or treatment, and which will, in the opinion of the attending physician, result in a death within six months. This is exactly what they passed in Canada. They said it'll only be used in very limited circumstances, just like Roe versus Wade was only to be used in the most extreme circumstances. And now they're just offing people in Canada. Remember, we talked about the one article where children can now decide if they want to be terminated. And if you're crazy, they can say this person is suicidal and he's going to kill himself within six months. Then you get the medicine anyway. There's nothing that stops people from using the law to their own advantage. From the Christian headlines. Maryland State Committee advances bill allowing physician-assisted suicide, all in one week. The Maryland Senate Judicial Proceedings Committee voted to advance a bill that allows terminally ill patients to request a lethal prescription to hasten their death. The legislation would permit residents who have been diagnosed with, here we go, an irreversible medical condition that within a reasonable degree of medical certainty will result in death within six months to request a life-ending drug to bring their health battle to a close. All it means is that the doctor says, I think this person will die in six months. This person is going to kill himself. Might as well let him do it now. Christian News. New Jersey lawmakers pass physician-assisted suicide bill. Governor Phil Murphy plans to sign into law. So we have now 11 states and maybe three more coming on their heels. The nation is becoming a nation of death. Kill them at birth, kill them at the end of their life. Cleveland.com, Planned Parenthood sites across Ohio receive notice of state funding termination. Finally, some good news. Planned Murderhood locations across Ohio receive notice from the Ohio Department of Health that their state funding will end next month. The notice comes following a federal appeals court ruling this month that upheld a 2016 Ohio law forbidding the state from sending preventive health funding to any organization or affiliate of an organization that performs or promotes non-therapeutic abortions. From our other category, BBC, U.S.-Mexico border wall. Pentagon authorizes $1 billion transfer. I don't know if you saw that, but he now has a billion dollars to start working. The funds will be used to build about 57 miles of fencing. And uh, the White House, I'm sorry, the House, Nancy Pelosi, they tried to veto it, and of course it failed. Good job. From Reuters, Russian troops and supplies flown into Venezuela. This is bad news. If you heard about it, yes, okay. Two Russian Air Force planes landed in Venezuela's main airport carrying a Russian defense official and nearly 100 troops, according to a local journalist, amid strengthening ties between Caracas and Moscow. 
A flight tracking website showed that the two planes left from a Russian military airport bound for Caracas, and another flight tracking site showed that one plane left Caracas on Sunday. The report comes three months after the two nations held military exercises on Venezuelan soil that President Nicolas Maduro called a sign of strengthening relations, but which Washington, as we reported, criticized as Russian encroachment in the region. Reporter Javier Mayorka wrote on Twitter that the first plane carried Vasily Tonkoshkurov, chief of staff of the ground forces, adding that the second plane was a cargo plane carrying 35 tons of material. And I bet it wasn't paper and pencils. From Haaretz, Russia's Lavrov tells Pompeo U.S. tried to organize the Venezuela coup. I don't know if that's true or not, but... That's what they think. Al-Arabiya, Pompeo, U.S. will not stand idly on Russian role in Venezuela. Yahoo, new blackout hits swaths of Venezuela, including Caracas. From Yahoo, blackout leaves 91% of Venezuela without internet connection. Imagine that. We'd have people committing suicide here in the U.S. today. From Yahoo, Venezuela returns to Middle Ages during power outages. I've said this a million times, having been in wastewater for 20-some years is that when the power stops running, the water doesn't run normally if that is a part of the power system. Sometimes they have, like in America, we have power generators to keep things going for a certain amount of time. The problem with that is, is it only lasts a certain amount of time. And then if you don't have somebody bringing fuel in, diesel, to fill it back up, you run out of the power and the water stops. Likewise, the lift stations do not lift the sewer out and to the wastewater plant, and it doesn't get treated. And where does it go? All over the streets. And so very quickly, these things break down. And this is just a picture. I've said this before. This is a picture of what's coming in the tribulation period. When the world devolves into utter chaos, things break down. Sewer is going to be everywhere. If you live in a condominium, you are going to be out of luck. That is all I can say. You are going to be in very bad shape because the water doesn't go up anywhere near where it flows downhill. If you're at the bottom of a hill somewhere and the water plant's up there, you'll have water for a while. But it's, it's going to be a very, very scary time on this planet. And so I would suggest that people know Jesus Christ and know him personally before that day comes because there's going to be plagues like you can't believe and it's going to be mostly self-inflicted wounds. From Fox News, Uganda holds 3.6 tons of gold possibly from Venezuela. We've been talking about how he's been raping the country, taking the gold out, one flight after another. A gold refinery primarily owned by a Belgian is facing Ugandan sanctions over the questionable importation of 7.4 tons of gold earlier in March. Ugandan police spokesman Fred Ananga told the AP that the company African Gold Refinery had already exported 3.8 tons of the gold that may have originated in South America. Ananga said police are protecting the remaining 3.6 tons as they await advice from the AG on whether to seize the gold and criminally charge the company's directors. From Zero Hedge, Taiwan seeks to buy 100 U.S. main battle tanks amid Chinese invasion threats. Things are really devolving between Taiwan and China and also the other surrounding nations because they put those little islands out there that they've claimed are sovereign territory when they didn't exist two years ago. And so China is really making moves and they are going to be a huge problem in the year ahead, maybe in the next two. Taiwan has requested a purchase of order for 108 third-generation American main battle tanks designated M1A2X Abrams. 
Washington announced it would make a final decision in June. The Taiwanese Minister of National Defense also submitted a request for 66 General Dynamics F-16V fighter jets on February 27th. The China Times recently quoted a Taiwanese defense official that said if the tanks were procured, the M1A2X would be deployed with two armored battalions under the command of the 6th Army Corps in northern Taiwan. The official said extensive training programs and a five-year supply of spare parts would also be included in the deal. At the moment, the armed forces of Taiwan are in urgent need of modernizing their aging main battle tank. M1A2X is expected to replace the M60A3 Patton and CM11 Brave Tiger tanks. American defense sales to Taiwan, which, by the way, China claims as its territory, has caused tensions to soar as a new Cold War heats up in the Indo-Pacific region between the world's two largest economies. From Business Insider. I might be just the insider. Anyway, Trump is reportedly ready to sell dozens of new fighter jets to Taiwan, and China is already furious. The Trump admin has given tacit approval to Taiwan's request for 60 new F-16 fighter jets. The sale is yet to be officially approved, but China is already furious and protesting it. China's position to firmly oppose U.S. armed sales to Taiwan is consistent and clear, the Chinese foreign minister said. We have urged the U.S. to fully recognize the sensitivity of this issue and the harm it will cause. Taiwan has requested 60 new F-16s that are more capable than the last batch of fighters the U.S. sold Taiwan nearly three decades ago. The island country asked the U.S. for new fighters in 2011, but Obama, hesitant to challenge China, rejected the request. The F-15, F-18, F-16, and even F-35 are all among our options. Major General Tang Hung An, head of the Taiwanese Air Force Command Headquarters Planning Division, said, adding that anything is possible as long as the jets help strengthen our air defense capabilities. Taiwan has been a point of contention between the Trump admin and Beijing since the president officially took office, and Taiwan-related issues, among other problems, have continued to stress the U.S.-China relationship. Scary times. Okay, I've got a double lesseric for you this week. His wife and he both gave me one, and we have time because we started earlier. Jim's not here. So here we go. Tell me if you can tell me which article this is referring to. Toadbusters has got their hands full, clearing frogs from house, yard, and pool. Can't walk, sit, or stand. They're all over the land. Not much of a spring break from school. So, when the toads are out, who will you call when you're plagued by result from the fall? When you pray, stay the curse, you quote chapter and verse, and like Moses, get rid of them all. Good job, Kathy and Les. All right, now we got a couple of ironies. And then we'll be done. This is entitled, If the Name Fits. Smoking Gun. Gee, what do you think a guy named Sober was arrested for? Sober was charged with drunk driving and careless driving. And then from Mail Online, California woman, 46, whose surname is Meth, is sentenced to two years for smuggling Meth into prison. There you go. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.